In this series, we're discussing the spiritual significance of the holiday of Pesach, the holiday of Passover. We explained what is the spiritual significance of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the concept of going out of Egypt. What does it mean in a spiritual sense? We explained the significance of Chometz, the unleavened bread that we're not allowed to eat during Passover, and the spiritual significance of matzah, the food and the bread that it's a mitzvah, it's a precept that we must eat this on the night of Passover, and also the spiritual significance of the splitting of the sea. In today's lesson, we'll be discussing the significance of the name of the holiday. It's called Pesach, which means to pass over. What is the significance of this name? In fact, the reason why it's called Passover is because there were ten plagues, and the tenth plague was the one that God killed, the firstborn of the Egyptians, and he jumped over, he passed over the homes of the Jewish people, and he did not kill their firstborn. So because he jumped over the homes of the Jewish people, didn't kill their firstborn, that's why the holiday is called Passover, Pesach. But the question is, usually a name expresses the essence of the holiday. Like Rosh Hashanah means the beginning of the year. That's what the day is all about. It's the first day of the year. It's the beginning of a new year. Yom Kippur, which means the Day of Atonement. These words express the essence and the theme of this day. It's a day where God forgives us for our sin. And the same with the other names. But in the case of Passover, why was this name chosen when this word Passover is related only to one of the ten plagues and to a specific detail of that tenth plague? So it's not something that expresses the whole essence and the whole theme of the entire holiday. In one of the previous lessons, we explained this question by saying that being that the theme of the holiday is Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, going out of Egypt, which on a personal level means going out of my own personal limitations. This is the time of the year where I get the strength to go out of my own personal limitations. So that's why the holiday is called Pesach, Passover, meaning that I'm passing over, I'm stepping out and going beyond my personal limitations. That's definitely true, but that only explains how the word Pesach and Passover applies to the individual, to the person. But when we say that God passed over the homes of the Egyptians, that means that this concept of Passover is something which also describes God's relationship to us, not just what we are supposed to be doing. In other words, when God took us out of Egypt, the way he did it was in a way of Pesach, that he passed over. Not only the tenth plague was something where God passed over, that was only an expression, and that only manifested the general situation that Hashem's taking us out of Egypt and Hashem's communication with us at that time was in a sense that spiritually He passed over. What does this mean that He spiritually passed over and, and this expresses what the whole essence and the whole theme of this holiday is all about? 
The answer to this is, it says in Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs, Ani Dodi Vidodi Li, which means I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. We're just talking about the Jewish people and Hashem and God. There's another place in Shir Hashirim in the Song of Songs where it states exactly the same, same thing, but in a different order. It says, Dodi Li Va'ani Lo, which means my beloved is to me and I am to him. So the idea is the same, just the order is different. And it's explained that the difference between the two expressions is that one of them refers to Tishrei, the time of the year of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the month of Elul. And the other one refers to Nisan, the time of the year where we have the holiday of Passover. When it says, Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li, I am to my beloved and he is to me, then it's referring to the time of Elul and Tishrei, the time of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. In fact, these words, Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li, make up the word Elul. Because each word, the first letter in each word, constitutes the word Elul. Ani is the Aleph. Lidodi starts with the Lamed. Vidodi starts with the Vav. Li is again a Lamed. That's Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, which spells out the word Elul. In other words, that's the time of the year where this expression is applicable. When it says, Dodi leave Ani Lo, my beloved is to me and I am to him, that's referring to the time of Nisan, the time of the year where we have the holiday of Passover. What is the difference? The way this is explained in the teachings of Hasidus is that, as we know, and mentioned this many times, that the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people is compared in many ways to the relationship between husband and wife. And that's in fact what the whole book of Shir Hashirin, the Song of Songs, describes the relationship between God and the Jewish people, comparing it to the relationship between husband and wife. And according to this, when it says in Shir Hashirin, Yom Chasunaso, the wedding date, the Medrash tells us what is the wedding date? That is the day that we receive the Torah at Mount Sinai. That's the day that this relationship was established. In fact, it says that the reason why we count the Omer, that between Passover and Shavuos, there are seven weeks of counting, because just like with husband and wife, before they can be together, the woman has to count seven clean days. So too, the Jewish people, before they were able to be reunited with Hashem in this relationship, there had to be seven weeks of purification. And these are the seven weeks of counting, which we know now as the mitzvah, the precept of counting the Omer between Passover and Shavuot. In a relationship between husband and wife, naturally it's a two-way road. That is a commitment and this feeling from husband to wife and from wife to husband. But there are two possibilities how this can be established. One possibility is that the man is the one that takes the initiative to show his commitment and to express his feelings and show how much he's devoted and cares. And by doing that, this stimulates and brings out the feeling of the wife and the commitment of the wife towards the husband. And the other possibility is that the woman is the one that takes the initiative. She's the one that shows 
her failing and her commitment and how loyal she is. And by doing that and expressing that, this stimulates the feeling in the man towards his wife, that he feels committed and strong and shows his care towards his spouse. And if the, even after the relationship is already established, when we're talking about reinforcing the relationship, revitalizing that relationship, once again, there are these two possibilities. Sometimes it's the man that takes the initiative, and he starts everything going, and sometimes it's the woman. So too in the relationship between God and the Jewish people, between Hashem and a Jew, there are these two possibilities. That there's a possibility that Hashem is the one that takes the initiative, which means he does something to express his feeling and his love to the Jew, and shows his love to the Jew. And when the Jew receives that, that lifts him off the ground, and that stimulates in his heart a feeling of love and devotion and loyalty to Hashem. And then sometimes it works the other way around. There are times where Hashem does not show anything, and doesn't expose himself in any way, and the Jew is the one that takes the initiative. He's the one that works on himself and develops feeling of love and commitment and, and devotion to Hashem. And after doing that, this brings about that God allows himself to be felt by the Jew. And that God, to some degree, exposes himself to the person. As we find, there are many stories that, that illustrate this. But just one example would be the story of the Rebbe Marash. Rebbe, the Rebbe Marash was the fourth Rebbe of Chabad, and he had a chassid who was a Baal which means he returned to, to Judaism, and he told the following story how this happened to him. He said that he grew up in a home with the parents, the family, everybody was very religious and observant of the Torah and the mitzvahs, and he slowly drifted away. He went as far as marrying a non-Jewish woman, and had uh, children who were not Jewish, and that's the life that he lived, totally distant from Judaism. As an occupation, what did he do? He was a dancer, he used to perform at weddings, at, at all sorts of events, and that's the way he lived his life, completely forgetting about his, about his roots. One night, in his sleep, in his dream, he sees his father, who had long uh, died, and his father says to him, Moshe, you have to become a Jew. You have to change your life. And he woke up, frightened. And the first thing he said to himself was, Ah, it's only a dream. Why am I taking it so seriously? And he washed his face with cold water and just went right back to sleep. The following night, the same thing repeated itself. His father came to him in his dream and again said to him, Moshe, you have to be a Jew. You have to go back to your old way of life. And again, he woke up, but then said to himself, Ah, it's only a dream. Washed his face with cold water and went right back to sleep. And again, the third night, this repeated itself. And he tried as hard as possible to dismiss it and just to ignore the whole thing. A few days later, he was performing at an event, dancing, and then suddenly... Right in front of him, he sees the image of his father standing there. And again, his father says to him, Moshe, it's time to be a Jew. You have to return to your roots. And he got hysterical, pulled out his gun, and he shot at the image. 
naturally the people around him didn't see anything. All they saw was that he's shooting. And they thought that he just went mad. He went out of his mind. So they began to run. This went out the window. This one through the door under the tables, hiding. And he also ran. He didn't know exactly where he's running, but he just ran. And he ran until he left the city, went to the outskirt of his city. And he ran to the closest shtetl nearby. And when he came there, he decided he was going to go into the rabbi and ask him what he makes of the whole thing. He spoke to the rabbi. The rabbi said to him, listen, if you'd ask me a question about something, whether it's kosher or not, I can answer you. If you ask me a question about something, how to do it, what to do, what I can do on Shabbos, these are things that I can deal with. But dreams, it's not my field. But not far from here, there's a city called Lubavitch, and there's a Rebbe there, and I would advise you to go to him. He knows all about dreams. In other words, implying that this is something which is of a spiritual nature, and you should go to a, a Hasidic Rebbe who deals with spiritual things. He came to the Rebbe Marash, who was a Rebbe in Lubavitch at that time, and when he opened the door, before he even said anything and explained anything, the Rebbe looked at him and said, Ah, a son should shoot a father? When he heard these words, he immediately fainted. When he woke up, he knew already that this is where he's supposed to be. He realized the power of the Rebbe, that he knew everything that happened with him. And from that point on, he became a Balchuva, and he became a Chassid. Here's a story where a person changed his life and committed himself to Hashem, to the study of Torah, to the observance of mitzvahs. But how did it happen? In this case, Hashem, God, took the initiative, so to speak. He, from his point, wasn't making any moves. And then God gave him this spiritual awakening and allowed something to happen uh, of this nature. And that woke him up and that made him turn towards Hashem. That's, as we, we said before, Dodi Li Va'ani Lo. Then there's an uh, other possibility, which is more common, and that is where nothing's happening from above, there are no revelations, nothing exceptional is going on, a, personal, a person in his own personal life is just searching and looking and thinking and struggling. And as we find many people who struggle and they're in, in, in this internal turmoil, not being able to make a decision, should I go in this direction, should I go in that direction, for they try one thing and it doesn't work, then they try another thing and it works for a few months and they are left empty and unsatisfied. And the third thing, and then finally, finally, after all the travels and searching and struggling, they come upon the Torah or the mitzvahs, and this is something which suddenly they feel connected to and they feel comfortable with, and they feel it strengthening them. And then eventually, after refining themselves and, and uh, spiritually elevating themselves, then they will start feeling godliness and, and Hashem's relationship to them. So this is a situation where it's Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li. And just like there are different kinds of people, every person in his own personal life has the same thing with different times in his life. There are times and situations where a person opens uh, a book to study Torah, or a person opens the prayer book to daven, to prayer, and they find themselves very dry, and they find themselves very flat, just nothing happening. 
No feeling of upliftedness, no feeling of life, no feeling of, of joy and pleasure and love for God. And they have to work on themselves. They have to work very hard to develop those feelings. And only after they do all that hard work and concentrate and try to refine themselves will they begin feeling something spiritual. On the other hand, there are times where a person doesn't even know why and can't even explain it, but they just feel themselves uplifted, full of life, full of joy. Sometimes it has to do with being Shabbos. Sometimes it's a holiday. And the person has these uplifted feelings. And because they have this uplifted feeling, therefore they pray better, they study better, they do mitzvahs with more enthusiasm. So here, this is just a gift from God, something which is coming from above. And that's lifting him off the ground. Because Hashem gave this person this gift and gave the person this inspiration, therefore they return their feelings to Hashem. On a larger scale, when we talk about these two things, as it applies to the whole Jewish nation as a whole, these are the two times of the year of Nisan and Tishrei. Nisan is a time of the year when the Passover, that holiday took place. This is a time where God took the initiative, He revealed Himself to us first. Because the Jewish people were in Egypt. And not only that they were there, but they were very much part of the Egyptian culture. Now the Medrash tells us that there are 50 degrees of impurity. And when the Jewish people were in Egypt, they descended and they sunk to the lowest levels of impurity. In fact, they were in the 49th degree. And had they remained in Egypt a little bit longer, they would have reached the 50th degree of impurity, which is so low, it would have been impossible to take them out of Egypt. So the Jews were in a very low spiritual level during that time. And yet, they merited to see the greatest revelations of Godliness that ever took place in history. In Egypt itself, at the crossing of the Red Sea, later when they received the Torah at Mount Sinai. So where did that come from? It all came from above. In other words, Hashem, He revealed Himself, He exposed Himself to the Jews, on, because it came from Him. Not because of us, because we weren't worthy, we weren't on that spiritual level, we were in the complete opposite place. So this is like the husband taking the initiative, which in this case is Hashem, God. Tishrei, which is the time of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, that's the opposite. Because what is Yom Kippur all about? Yom Kippur is connected to the worshipping of the golden calf. When the Jewish people worship the golden calf, this is considered one of the greatest sins, one of the greatest violations that they ever committed in history. And they had to be forgiven. So first there was 40 days of begging and pleading to be forgiven, and they weren't forgiven. Then came another set of 40 days. The second set of 40 days began on the first day of Elul. And it com was completed on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was the day that God said, I forgive you. And because of that, for generations to come, the day of Yom Kippur became a day of atonement, a day of forgiveness. So in other words, what is Yom Kippur and this time of the year all about? It's when Jewish people did a sin... And then they were asking for forgiveness. They were repenting. They were changing their lives. They were working on themselves. And after all the effort that was put in for this period of 80 days, God said, I forgive you. In other words, in this case, Hashem's relationship to the Jew came as a result of all the work and, and, and the effort that the Jew invested in refining himself and becoming closer to Hashem. 
So that, therefore, this is the time of the year which is Anila Dodi Vidodi Li. I turn to Hashem. The wife turns to the husband, and only then does the husband turn back to the wife. This is also the reason why we find in many ways certain differences between the time of the year when Passover takes place and the time of the year when Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur take place. First of all, on a physical level, Nisan, this is the time of the year of the spring where the sun comes out. But Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that's really in the beginning of the fall, and, and that's the time of the year where it becomes cold and the sun isn't out. In other words, the sun, as we know, many places in the Torah represents Hashem, Kishemesh Umagain Hashem Elokim, just like the sun gives light and warmth and energy, just so God is also the source of light, warmth and energy. So therefore, this symbolizes that it's a time of the year where God reveals Himself first to us. And that brings us closer to Him. Another thing is, we know that when we talk about the year, there are two ways of starting to count the year. True for us, the beginning of the year is Rosh Hashanah. But in the Torah itself, we see whenever it talks about the year, the first month of the year is the month of Nisan. In fact, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Torah refers to that month, the month of Tishrei, as the seventh month. That means that in some aspects, Tishrei is the first month of the year. And in a certain aspect, Nisan, the month where the holiday of Passover takes place, that's considered the beginning of the year. And there are many different explanations of what the difference is. One of the differences are, as explained in a sefer called Akedah, is that being that God operates in this world in two ways, one is in a natural way, one is in a miraculous way. So by the beginning of the year, for everything that's going to happen in nature, that begins on Rosh Hashanah, in the month of Tishrei. The beginning of the year, when God begins to affect the world and everything that's going to happen in a miraculous way, that beginning is the month of Nisan. In other words, that means the difference between Nisan and Tishrei is this is connected to miracles and Tishrei is connected to nature. In fact, the Hebrew word Nisan means miracle, nice. What does this mean? The difference between a miracle and nature is both come from God. But a nat- nature is something where God is doing something, but in a hidden way, you don't see the godliness. In order to see God in nature, a person has to work on that, and he has to do something to be able to recognize it. A miracle, this is something where God reveals himself and exposes himself to the person. And that stimulates within the person the feeling of recognition and understanding and acceptance of Hashem. So the fact that throughout the year, the Jew has the ability to take the initiative to work on himself and to refine himself to his mind and his heart and refine his personality to the point that he becomes worthy of being able to feel connected to God and to have that spiritual connection. When does a person receive the strength to accomplish that, that he receives during the month of Tishrei. On the other hand, the fact that there is a possibility at certain times throughout the year, there's something which comes from above. Not that I did something, not that I caused it, but just God gave me this gift. And where suddenly I feel a little bit more uplifted spiritually, I feel stronger spiritually, I feel excited spiritually in my prayers or my studying, 
Where do we get the strength for that? And where does that all come from? That comes from the month of Nisan. From the time of the year of the holiday of Passover. So this explains to us why the day is called Pesach. Passover. Not only because he passed over the firstborn, but that was actually an expression of the theme of the whole holiday. This is the time of the year where Hashem passes over, jumps over, the, the laws of nature that he himself established. That normally, the way it works is that as much as I refine myself, that's how much I receive from God. It's like taking a cup that has 10 ounces of liquid in it, and I want to put more into it. It's impossible. But if I empty one ounce, I can put in a new ounce. If I empty two ounces, I can put in two ounces. So to a Jew, as much as he empties himself of negative things and refines himself in proportion to that, that's what he receives from God. So to be in 49 degrees of impurity, and at the same time God should give them the highest level of spiritual revelation, this is only because God jumped over all the laws and the entire order that's been established concerning the relationship between the Jew and God, and therefore it was able to take place. And this becomes the time of the year where we get that strength that there are times where Hashem jumps over all limitations, all the barriers, all the rules and all the orders that exist, and He reveals Himself to the Jew regardless of where the Jew is standing. It's important to add that when we keep on using in this lesson the term God reveals himself to the Jew, we're not talking about some sort of a revelation like a prophecy or things of that nature. This is only for people of a higher spiritual caliber. But when we say God reveals himself or God turns to us, it means on a very simple level, when a person feels more aware spiritually, more sensitive spiritually, feel strong spiritually, that's the godliness that we're experiencing on our level. And that feeling could either come directly from God without me putting anything into it, or it's something which comes as a result, and after I put a lot of effort into myself by praying and by performing mitzvahs and by refining myself. The Hasidic terms for these two possibilities are Isra'usa Dilatata, which means an awakening from below. So when a person is the one that takes the initiative to come closer to Hashem, and through the efforts they receive this new spiritual strength, that called Yisra'usa de Latata comes first. Yisra'usa de La'ela means when the awakening comes from above. These are the Hasidic and mystical terms for these two concepts. The question is, which of the two is of greater spiritual quality? And the answer is, there's an advantage in each one over the other. The advantage of something which comes from below, when I'm the one that puts the effort into it, is that whatever I gain spiritually, there's much more depth to it. And that actually penetrates into the depth of my personality and becomes internalized. It's like a child whose mother will help them with the homework. True, they're going to get all the information, all the right answers, but the information they get will not become internalized because they didn't work on it. And that's why they'll forget it very quickly. It didn't really become part of their mind. And in fact, their brain doesn't become developed through receiving information in such a way. On the other hand, there's an advantage 
when it comes from above. Because when it, the inspiration and the spiritual strength comes from above, then I'm capable of receiving and I'm capable of, of, of having something which is far, far greater than anything I can achieve on my own. It's like the difference between what a person can gain by winning a lottery ticket or through the work that they do. If I earn money by working for it, whatever I earn will have to be limited and in proportion to the time and the energy and the skill that I have, that I've invested. But when it comes to a lottery ticket, I can be a person without any skill, invested no time whatsoever, and can find myself in possession of $50 million. So Passover is the time where we get that strength that there's a possibility that Hashem would give a person tremendous spiritual strength and spiritual inspiration, which is far, far greater than anything they can achieve if they would have had to do the work on their own. And that's why it's described as Passover. When a person receives spiritual strength as a result of their own personal growth, then what God is giving them would be described as Hashem walking towards me allegorically speaking. Because what he's giving me is gradual, step by step, and it corresponds to my personal growth, which is also step by step, level by level. But when, but when it comes from above, that means I haven't moved from my spiritual place, and yet God skips over and passes over all the levels in between and comes to me.